0: food lovers across the globe, you're listening to Ann and Peter Haig and our show called On the Menu or On the Menu Radio, and um, today we're we're going to be um, calling of two minds, or sort of two minds, Yes, we're going to bring you one uh, totally carnivore slanted, and another one uh, veggie Is called a veggie forward. Vo- Did you call it veggie for
1: Veggie forward, I'm
0: not sure. Ge- veggie forward with um,
1: a little meat on the side. And so, do, do, just take the, your choice. Just to geographically place you. The, the meat guys are in Kentucky. Right. In Tennessee. And the veggie guys in... Bristol. The city of Bristol, one of the leading non-London cities in the UK. In the UK. And 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 the home of one of the most handsome railway stations, yeah. in the world. <laughs> just just for, for for whatever.
0: Okay, for, for whatever so reason. But first up, we're 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 uh, hailing the carnivores with Chris Carter and his exceptionally fine operation called Porter Road. Um, Chris will tell you what exactly how he got there, what exactly the road does um Chris Carter from Porter Road um, you, you have an interesting story I didn't realize that uh, Porter Road was 10 years old but you just told me that that's the case um how, how about how do you like to be called uh, an online meat purveyor a butcher shop online a um, a, a grocery online subscription service what is your
2: handle here there's really so much more to what we do um i guess you know just for overarching purposes we are a meat company so we work uh directly with you know farmers that are local to our harvesting facility in western kentucky and processing facility and, um, you know, we've worked with a lot of them for nearly 10 years, um, refining their processes and making sure that they're growing animals, you know, to our standards, 100% pasture raised, no antibiotics, no hormones, looking after the husbandry of the, uh, the animals throughout their entire lives, making sure they're on pasture, making sure they have room to, to roam and, and act as a normal, uh, as an animal does. And, um, you know, we work with them to, raise what we consider the perfect animal um, and then we take over the process from there and you know see through the rest of it and you know our our, our largest outlet is the online uh, uh, butcher shop but we also have a retail location here in East Nashville which this is our 10-year anniversary of Porter Road Butcher in East Nashville and um, we also have a, uh, a wholesale company with uh, arms going into grocery store distribution uh, but primarily in food service industry.
0: You, we, you have so much on your plate. I'm I was <laughs> amazed how many things you do and sell. And,
2: did, did, you,
1: did I hear you say Nashville?
2: Yes, sir. That's where I'm sitting right now, looking at the Capitol building out my window. We like Nashville. This is Nashville, Tennessee. It is. I was born and raised here. One of the one of the oh, unicorns. Oh, okay. right. so, so,
1: so the address in Kentucky. Is another arm of the business.
2: That is the heart of the business. That is our uh, processing facility in Western Kentucky.
1: Okay, all right. Okay. You hang out in Nashville because it's more fun, I guess.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hang out here because my wife and and child are here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um. Now, there was a story. You're meeting up with your partner um why don't you tell our listeners about that
2: sure outside of uh the window i'm sitting at right now in my office in in germantown which is a little section of nashville i can see the the top of the hermitage hotel um hermitage hotel is a you know very historical hotel and in the basement of that hotel is a fantastic kitchen called the capitol grill um and through that kitchen, has given us chefs like Sean Brock, Tyler Brown, Cole Ellis, um, you know, and then a handful of other extremely talented chefs that have their own restaurants here in Nashville today, um, and are doing very well, uh, Hal Holden Bache and, uh, Trey Co-, Co-, Co— I don't really know how to say his last name, but he has, uh, uh, the Farmhouse and Black Rabbit, um, I just oh, always right. refer to him as Trey, um, but, uh, I started working there in 2008 when I moved back to Nashville after getting my culinary degree um, in Scottsdale, Arizona from Le Cordon Bleu. And previous to that, I was living in Memphis, getting a hospitality management degree from the University of Memphis and um, made my way back here, took a position at the at the hotel, which really has a place in my heart. I mean, I've been eating there since I was a, a young kid, every time we had to go to TPAC, the Tennessee Performing Arts Center um, for a, for a play or a musical with my mom. Growing up, I always made sure that we we would go eat at the Hermitage Hotel. It was kind of her way to trick me into going to watch a play. Um, <laughs> and uh, so it was a big deal for me when I started working there. Um, it was just really magical, and I learned a lot in the in the two years that I was there. But you know, clearly the biggest thing that happened to me while working there was meeting James um in 2000 late 2009 um James came in similar background as myself he grew up in uh, St. Louis Missouri and went and got his culinary degree at the uh, CIA Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park um before moving to Nashville um his wife was getting her PhD in organic chemistry from Vanderbilt um so she's on a different level than us. Uh, but he, he uh he joined me on the line there and we hit it off immediately. We started talking about all the things that really maintain themselves as core values of Porter Road today, which is, you know, truth and truth in menu, truth in labeling. Um, you know, a customers making the choice to support, you know, your restaurant or whatever it is that you're offering. By by you know paying for that price, so there's, they're they're voting with their dollars when they go to a restaurant like the Hermitage Hotel that connects them to, you know the Glen Levin Farm which is raising the vegetables or you know some of the local meat producers in town and I really learned a lot about it then and and you know those are the things that we really held true to and it was, a lot of it was just having that connection to the farm um, that seasonality of uh, fruits and vegetables, and then really knowing where your meat comes from. And the two of us just felt really, really passionately about it. Um, and, you know, education was really at the center of that and something that we felt very strongly about This, you know, educating the consumer at all costs, why it matters and why we should know where our food comes from. Mm-hmm. And um, three days later, I asked James to quit and go open a restaurant with me. Um, <laughs> he said yes. A couple of weeks after that, we put in our two weeks' notice at the hotel. I think three months after that, the hotel finally found replacements for us, and we were off, <laughs> off to the races. Then,
0: mm-hmm. well, this, this, you turned out to have a successful business partnership. That's great.
2: Yes, uh, there's both of us will always say that there's no way that either one of us could have done it alone, and. <laughs> You know, it's a be,
0: huge operation. I mean, I when I read your website, I get, uh, I just can't believe there's yet one more thing I have to pay attention
2: to. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep on adding stuff too, but we try to keep it so simple because we really do just, we're, we're meat guys. You know, mm-hmm. we want to we want to be able to provide the best meat in the country to a consumer, no matter where you are in the country. A lot of people want to make changes and where they're. Where they're you know buying their meat from and and having that attachment back to the earth and knowing that they're you know supporting a system that takes care of farmers that take care of the land um, and we want you to have that access no matter where you are located in the country so it's been a it's been a wild couple of years since we launched the uh the online butcher shop uh-huh. um, you have subscriptions too, but
0: you you have so many options for uh, customizing it that 's uh, one of the things i look for when i 'm looking at any of these online
2: things well there 's more of that to come. We are working on uh, refining that subscription model, and we really you know we launched uh, as an all the cart business because we wanted to take the experience of walking in the doors to Porter Ri Butcher in East Nashville you know that James and I ran ourselves with some other great you know employees and partners uh part you know we call them family uh other porter road family members that that helped us run those those butcher shops but working directly across the counter with with customers for so many years like that was what was so special to us and so when we launched porterroad.com we wanted it to be a great a, a direct like version a digital version of of what we'd done for so many years and and uh, so, launching all la the cart and giving the customer the the ability to come in and say, "I want a pound of bacon. I want you know a pound of ground beef." Um, you know, we we give a, a free shipping over a hundred dollars, so we do incentivize you to get at least a hundred dollars, but if you just want to buy one or two things and pay for that shipping, then you should have the the ability to do that, where so many other sites kind of force you into subscription only or bulk ordering only. We we, we want it to be less frictionless than that. We want to be your weekly purchasing habit, which is also why we ship everything in a biodegradable, compostable container, because um, there's nothing worse than squeaky styrofoam or little white balls blowing all over your driveway. <laughs> we hate that. We hate that. <laughs>
1: But, so, uh, but, the, but the model is the model is it, it's an online butcher shop, but you don't have a brick and mortar facility
2: anymore. We still do have the brick and mortar, yes. Oh, you uh, still do? Okay. Yes, and it's uh, servicing Nashville right now until six o'clock. Okay, and um, the you started
0: out, but I mean in this past year and a half, your business must have vaulted
2: enormously. Um, it has. I mean, the effects of, of COVID and, and you know, not being able to access any meat, really. Um, but then also, you know, customers or consumers taking to their computers. Um, I mean, as we, you know, we do everything digitally these days. And it's, it's some of those, a lot of those things are going to stick. Um, you well, know, well, they-
0: that's what I keep asking people, because I think... Because we are so involved with them. We have meat um, delivered, we have um, fish delivered, we have um, two different produce delivery um, sources, which are um, one is a la carte the other is subscription, but customizable. Um, and, and I could see other things coming up too. And, and it could be different. To have to force yourself to go to Whole Foods, and not get yeah. even the good quality, you know.
2: And you're gonna, we're gonna see people returning to life as usual, and you know they're gonna be going back in the grocery store because I mean, y- 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 you had a different mindset a year ago than you do today, where it's like I can't get this product anywhere else. If it takes ten days for it to get here, at least I'll have it. So you know customers are still our consumers are still going to want to go back to I need it for tonight and so they're going to return to the grocery sure. store but where where we really wanted to land with consumers over the last year and a half is building a relationship with them so we mm-hmm. didn't want to provide something that you just could not find but we actually wanted to f- provide a better for you option a better for the environment option uh, a system that actually supports farmers in the work that they're doing by paying them, you know, a higher than fair wage. Um, you know, and 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 then on top of it, we don't have the cardboard because Porter Road is the best meat on the market. We dry age everything for and in, in beef world, dry age our beef for a minimum of fourteen days. Um, you know, there's there's no over processed uh, sausages or anything coming out of our system. Like everything is just. V- to the basics, and it's the knowledge that James and I bring from previous lives as chefs, but it was really important to us to, to meet a customer during that time period where everybody's you know Googling and trying to figure out what the best of the best is out there and take that time period to actually form a relationship with the customer as opposed to just being able to provide something that, when the world does return back to normal, as we're starting to see today, They don't just say, oh, I don't need to buy that from here anymore. I'll just go get it from Whole Foods or wherever their local store is. But by actually providing them with the best possible products that they can have at an easier access, at a comparative price point, it's where Porter Red really, really wanted to establish themselves over the last year as we got to uh, communicate with customers so often.
0: How, How many farmers do you work with?
2: so there is it's 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 not a co-op for but for lack of a better term this is the best the easiest way to 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 think about it um, so we have about ten main farms that we source from i guess would be mm-hmm. fair to say but underneath each one of those farms um are is another family farm that's feeding into each one of those broader systems so okay. You know, even for like our beef, our beef can be, you know, birthed on this farm, you know, sent a mile down the road or two miles down the road to graze these pastures and then come back to this farm. And I'm doing hand gestures, which aren't very helpful for a podcast, but uh, they come back to this farm. For uh, finishing before they would actually come to, to our facility, so everything stays within that Western Kentucky region. Um, nothing travels over a 45-minute drive, even when it makes its way to our facility, which is, you know, really just looking after the best, the best practices, not only for the animals but also for the finished product. Um, keeping those animals in a calm environment their entire lives. Well,
1: now when when they get to you, they're, they're still being finished, but. But you're, but you're going to slaughter them and butcher them.
2: That is correct.
1: That's a big operation. You do
0: uh, chicken, beef, lamb, pork, a whole variety of them, sausages, bacon. Uh, what don't you do?
2: Um, we don't. Game. We don't currently do fish or vegetables or any kind of wild game um you know we really focus on on those you know highly commoditized uh uh proteins and really bring everything back to the way it once was a lot of our farmland that we actually farm in western Kentucky well our our farm partners farm it I'm I'm I've never driven a tractor um just to Put that out there. Uh, there's people that drive tractors much better than I would. Um, so our farm partners farm this land in Western Kentucky, and, and and for the larger part of it, a lot of it was GMO row crop, um, tobacco, soybean, oh, yeah. um, uh, corn. And what we've done is we've continued to grow our operations is we've actually taken – out all of those GMO crops turn that land back into pasture put animals back out there to to graze and and you know bring life back to the earth and to me that is that is the thought we don't use regenerative farming as like a sales tactic or anything but you know so often these buzzwords will come about and it's like oh everybody's talking about regenerative farming and you know, we go to our but farmers, I, and we I talk- want to
0: know what no-till means for soil and growing. Grind- <laughs> sure. Wow, well, we'd
2: have we'd have to get uh, somebody else other than me to talk about it. Uh, I don't understand what how you do it. You know, it's-, it's it's amazing, but I mean, our farmers have been doing it for years, and that's just the way that we look at our, at our at our farming operations. You know, and then it becomes such a buzzword, and everybody's talking about regenerative farming, and we look at each other and we go, yeah like that's how we that's how we farm like i mean yeah. the whole idea is to is to improve the land and it's to it's to improve the flavors of our meats and it's you know it's raising animals in a in a happy environment that that does all of that
0: well you know um, we we've had um the um what did we have the strip steak
1: and what was the other steak yeah, there was you know it was a flat iron Oh, yeah. And I, I, I need your advice on how to cook a flat iron, because mine came out kind of tough. Yeah, flat that
2: iron. Is, that is the uh, second most tender cut in the animal, but you have to keep it under medium. So okay. it, well, we do that, don't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. We do don't.
2: rare, mainly. Yeah, if that that's thats one. Um, you know, it's a thinner steak. It's not a... Yes. So it it is a a little bit more difficult. So, I mean, your grill's either got to be smoking hot or you've got to have a really good hood in your kitchen Um, or a bunch of windows because it's (laughs) it's, going to set off the smoke detector if you're going to sear it properly. But, yeah, the idea on that one is we just recommend salt and pepper on just about all steaks and steak cuts um, and chops. And then um, just a real, real good hard sear. And then, you know, let everything rest. Um, you got to let those, you know, everything kind of calm yeah. down before you go putting a knife in it. Otherwise, you lose all those juices that should be in, in the meat out on the plate or the cutting board.
0: And yeah, well, tonight we're doing the um, lamb chimichurri links.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And um, I'm anxious to taste that because um, our favorite um, organic lamb uh, farm is not going to be do male, doing mail order anymore. I'm not quite sure what they're doing. But uh, you may have heard of Jamison Farms. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, anyhow, they're our local lamb growers. But they're, cut, they're doing something different. I don't know quite what they're doing. They're not doing the the the, the full-on. Um, do you understand what they're doing, but I don't. No, I don't have any. I don't think they well, They're know.
1: increasing the think herd, think they but they're not
0: order. doing their mail order anymore. I don't know what I that think means. They're,
1: I think they're sitting on the front porch, mostly.
0: I don't uh, know. They, they're increasing the herd. So, I'm going to okay. do special dinners. But, uh, you know, it's just, now that they're
1: gone, I realize how good their lamb is really. Anyway, I think I, I think can, can, and, by way explaining, of explaining that we, we had a sauce for lamb sausages from from jameson they made four different kinds all named for their daughter eliza and uh, we we won't be able to get them anymore so we need a we need a replacement so you came along at just the right time
2: well we're happy to be here um, yeah you he don't have
0: lamb kidneys you know how hard it is to get lamb kidneys
2: <laughs> we get them in every every animal but do you know how hard it is to market lamb kidneys no because i can't find them <laughs>
1: We would we, we would buy every
0: one you had. Would would buy I mean, them, you know.
2: Well, I well we not not
0: There There's only two
2: of us. I bet I bet we could work something out. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing for us, you know. I mean, so it's it's all about utilization. I mean, our entire process is about utilization. We started Puerto Red. It was uh, we we were going to open the restaurant, like I said at the beginning, and then we pivoted because we literally could not find meat in the city of nashville that fit within our standards and we were meeting all these farmers and falling in love with their practices and the way they raised animals and their products they were creating and then the only option was through a third-party harvesting house where everything would be poorly butchered frozen and then you know, our option was to either meet them at the farmer's market or buy it out of a deep freezer in, in a barn somewhere on their par- property. Yeah, well, of course, the
0: USDA is part of that problem, you know, because it's so much more expensive to to go through all that processing. It's easier to turn it into dog food.
2: Um, I, In a lot of cases, with a lot of uh, products, that's, that's probably true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we work with the USDA every day, and we're – we're fortunate to have the ones that, that we do come in contact with every day. I mean, they're, they are doing their jobs to make sure that we are doing our jobs to make sure that we're keeping everybody safe. Um, but, I mean, for us, like, in our system, it's always about util- utilizing the the entire animal. Um, so, I mean, those offals and things like that, I mean, we're probably one of the few... Uh, Meat companies, online meat companies, where you can find sliced liver, and we go that extra step. I didn't see
0: that on your website. We eat a
1: lot of liver, especially organic.
2: Oh, we actually have a source
1: for it right now. There's a local local butcher who's he's, it's it's in a package, but it is but it is sliced and it is good quality, and uh, we we have it often. But no,
2: yeah, but um, that, that's that, that's the thing is not everybody lives where. You know where they have that option to to purchase those items, and we you know we slice it uh just the way that my grandmother would like it if she was making liver and onions at home, so yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like. so oh, boy. it's uh and then I mean
0: well, we, I miss Nashville Nashville swell. um now is Sean Brock's restaurant still open?
2: uh so my old office was directly across the street from Folk. Um, which is right down the road from uh, Audrey. And we watched we watched the castle. I mean, it's a huge restaurant. Um, I kept on referring to it as Sean's Castle. Um, and we watched it build from the ground up. I was just wondering when they were going to come in and put in a moat. Um, but uh, as far as I know, um, I believe that they are open and, and fully operational now. Um Good. We have a two-year-old at home, so not a not a lot of going out to eat. We have a lot of respect for.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we we used to cover the um, um, music and food festival there.
2: Oh, food so and
0: wine. Used
1: to be fun. Yeah. Hmm? yeah. Oh, okay. We've, yeah. We've probably we've probably seen you. You've probably seen us. We're the white-haired ones. I,
2: I've seen your picture on the site. Um,
1: yeah.
2: And it's actually seeming, seeming very familiar to me. So we we used to do several activations um, there. Those are, you know, it was like we always referred to it as uh, summer camp because it was just like, <laughs> you know, going to hang out with all your buddies for the weekend. And but we we've yeah. done some big stuff. We did uh, some live fire events um, uh, down there next to, you know, all the grilling apparatuses where Pat that, was we interviewed the that kid.
0: grilling guy. Whatever his name was. Was with Pat in Martin? charge of all those things. I can't remember his name, but... It's, I mean, there are interviews on our website, and, um, and we, we like that um, Catbird seat, the, the original, the, the first and second chefs. I don't know who's there now.
1: Who is the second chef? Again? The Irishman was the second
2: one, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's got a, a locust now that's just kind of opening up full service he's doing dumplings um really he was oh, supposed
0: yeah. to be going back to um, um copenhagen for the the uh the, the new expanded noma but he guess he didn't go
2: i think he uh, did go for i think he was gone for a couple months and then uh as nashville what, does it brings you back in there was a
0: woman involved there somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> Typically is. Yes. Yeah. So well listen, we're glad to actually have caught up with you uh and uh, direct people to your uh, website so that they can actually get product.
2: Oh, you want me to? Yes. Okay. I thought <laughs> you said that okay. Um so Puerto dot com is is the uh is the URL for the website. Um and okay. like I said, I mean, we focus on on the all la card ordering, um, but we also do have the subscription model, which is you know we 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 built that functionality in as a as a convenience to the consumer. But yes, it's good. Well, it sounds, it
1: sounds to me like you're on a roll, young man. Well, yeah. we're
2: gonna keep on rolling. <laughs> yeah, and we let got us a world, know if you're doing something new.
0: Let us know if you're doing something new we should know about. It, okay.
2: Absolutely, and, we will,
0: and we'll be inside. in touch if we ever get to travel again. <laughs> I guess it's
2: happening soon. Yes, please. If y'all if you find yourselves back in Nashville, um, love to meet out or meet up for uh, a dinner or or coffee or or whatever you guys would like.
0: We we all already did that meet and three stuff. I'm not up for that.
2: <laughs> no, you got to take a nap after that, ever We've got uh, Monell's Mo right next to us.
0: They said, you absolutely have to eat at this place, some famous place that's been there forever. And the line was around the block.
2: It was just awful. Yeah, that's that's got to be Arnold's. Um, yes, it's Arnold. It was Arnold's. He is uh, yeah. there. Some of my favorite people. Um, but yeah, he, could, he knows how to uh, build a line, that's for sure. He sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so, well
0: Chris, thank you again. And uh, I hope that this is not the only meet up we have.
2: Podcasting services for On the Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Welcome back. And next we're
0: nice going to be talking to Rob Howell um, about his book called Root, which is um, mainly small vegetable plates with this little bead on the side, as I indicated earlier. And I think that he's we we know Bristol. He's in a really lovely area too.
1: Yes, yeah. and, and he's he's been all over. He's been this, man, this man has cooked around the world he has, probably indeed. one of the few places he hasn't cooked is Porter Road he's certainly been all over and uh, the city of Bristol is a city with, with a whole lot of charm, a whole lot of growth and a very, very fine restaurant scene of which Root is just a part so shall we go with Rob Howell? yes
0: yeah, we are talking to rob Howell, um who's in uh, Bristol in the u k um we're talking to him about talking to him about um his background, which is interesting in itself um his his restaurant, which is also interesting, and his new book called Root, which is also the name of the restaurant uh, Rob, why don't you begin by uh, telling our listeners something about your background' because you, you really have been on top of everything, getting to know whatever you can, um, going with your gut reaction to things. Talk to us a little bit about that.
3: Um, so I started cooking at quite a, um, a young age. I come from an area of the U.K. Um, just outside of Bristol, quite a quiet um, little city. that um, doesn't have much going on, so I spent the, the weekends kind of cooking uh, with my mum. Um, in the kitchen and it kind of went from there when you choosing what to do at school um, I went to a catering college um, and luckily, luckily enough there was a, a chef um, that had just opened a restaurant in, in Wells where I grew up Um it had just come from having a Michelin star for eight years and, and opened a place there I luckily got a uh, a job there um, at the age of I think 15 yep. um, and, and then went went from there to 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 move to London as soon as I was eighteen and old enough to kind of get out um, and it just kind of snowballed um, from there I, I tried to pick up as much information along the way and in every kitchen I worked in, I would just try and absorb everything um, it got well, You were really lucky time. that
0: you a lot of the, the people you met became very good mentors, so you had a lot of mentorship
1: yes
3: definitely i feel yeah I, I, I very much got lucky from from the word go with with adam fellows um a good fellows like i said he, he held his admission staff for eight years um and he was such a like a kind i was only 15 at the time i think and and he is so like natural um natural chef and cook and, and was able to um not only teach me from a very young age but then pass me on and I then went to work for Pascal portyard um up in london uh, and they'd worked at two three three star restaurants together um so, so to get the opportunity to go up to London at such a young age um yeah, it was a real special thing uh, um and along the way um just took took what i could with me and and, and, and met some amazing chefs along the way, not just those mentors but that working alongside these chefs. In these kitchens you can you can learn so much from from everyone at every level I think you you were pretty much
0: a sponge but you also had an inclination for fresh and seasonal
3: right yeah I I think I didn't I didn't know it at the time um, kind of going through my career but but everywhere I worked um, every chef was very very in tune with with using seasonal produce, like sustainability. I remember um, when I was 18, I put
1: 101
3: um, in London. They had like Pascal had a sustainable seafood menu, which was all locally caught. Cool. Obviously, you could get the king crab and stuff from Norway, and all, all the best ingredients used. But but sustainability was was still at the heart of what they did there. Um, I don't think I knew even realised that now till till almost now really that I was uh, blessed with with this this teaching and this understanding of food the whole way through my career. So it felt very natural and normal to me, whereas perhaps it actually it wasn't and I was just very lucky.
1: Well Philip Howard must have been a must have been a wonderful leader.
3: Um, yes, I was lucky enough to work with him only for a very small amount of time. Um when I finished up at the Pony and Trap um, I looked to open a restaurant of my own um, and in that time in between finding something and finding Root with Josh um, I went and staged so did some work experience um, in kitchens for free um, up in London uh, well across the UK and over in Copenhagen as well but Phil Howard took me into his kitchen at um, Ellison Street um, for, for a couple of weeks which was a real uh, privilege to work alongside him to be honest and he was very welcoming and, and yeah still like i learned so much just from those couple weeks you you can still take so much from it and it did very much i remember that those weeks in that kitchen just the way he he used produce and and vegetables as well really um yeah it it made a massive difference then going on to open root helped me um yeah deeply
1: now then you decided to go back, back back was it back home or um, yes, so
3: I so I was working. I, d- I did London for for, for for well, only six six to eight months really. I lasted. I was, I was very young. Um, I I'd followed a, a girlfriend up there <laughs> along with um, wanting to work in London. The girlfriend, did, it didn't work out, um, and and London. It was tough. I'd come from a very small um, like city um in in somerset um and to go up to london it was it was a shock and and a very good one um and I learned so much from it but uh yeah it was it was long days i i lived east, east London i travelled all the way across to the west every day um it it took about two hours to get to work it was sixteen hour days um okay. and, yeah i kind of um I not gave up but I kind of wanted to I I wasn't enjoying myself really
1: um it was made
3: learn, <laughs> okay. but it, it kind of came to a point so I went over to France the mountains um and worked there for a while which was great as well um so I just needed a bit, a bit of a break and a reset and then I went again and moved up to Edinburgh um and then eventually back to Bristol to the southwest of the UK where 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 we are now which is um yeah definitely home to me
1: yeah, it's, it's, my listeners just for, the, just for the hell of it, because most people don't, don't even necessarily recognize it, but Bristol is the home of the most elegant railway station I've ever <laughs> seen in the whole world. And <laughs> Temple, Temple Meads? Temple Meads, yeah. Nice,
3: yes, no, it's, yeah, it's a very glorious place, and in fact, have you been to the, the bakery underneath it, in the, in the tunnels? No, there?
1: no, we... Curiously enough, I, mean, I know it's there. I've driven past it a couple of times. I've never actually yeah. been in that train station. But it, no, it's a, it's a fantastic you just, you place. You just have to recognize it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece of Victorian, British Victorian architecture.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's almost, uh, it's kind of like an everyday, yeah, as in I used to live just up the road from it, um, and it kind of becomes a norm, I suppose. But no, it, it is a very special place, Bristol.
1: Um, so you have and, to watch, uh, you have to watch out in, in Bristol. If you're not, if you're not careful, they throw your, they throw your statue in the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, <laughs> so it's
3: been a pretty, um, yeah, pretty bizarre year, but that was, um, yeah. <laughs>
1: Did he? Ever, did he ever get thrown in, or did what, what? What happened? What to the statue? Yeah, to the statue. What, what, did, yeah, did,
3: no, it got it got dragged dragged across the 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 centre of Bristol. Um, yeah, literally right through the centre, and uh, yeah, thrown into the um, turned into the harbour side. Um, <laughs> it did get
1: retrieved.
3: Yeah, um, it got retrieved the next day by uh, a <laughs> council. Uh, but no, it very much went went straight into the water
1: for sure. <laughs> now you've got you, you've got a somewhat unusual building for your restaurant, as I understand, <laughs> yeah, as I understand it. Yes, yeah,
3: so we are in a uh, area of Bristol, just, just not far from where. Um, where that statue went into the water, actually. Um, so we just set back from the the harbour side in in an area called Whopping Wharf, which is a number of shipping containers that have been turned into basically like a little uh, community complex, kind of village. Um, there's a there's a load of flats there. There's a, there's like a high street built, and um, it's all new and it's just growing more and more. And there's there's such a great array of from hairdressers to 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 wine shops to cook sh- uh, cookbooks, um, sorry, book bookshops, along with hairdressers, um, and, and then like a, a, a large number of um, restaurants as well. We are one of those lucky restaurants to be there, which is very nice.
1: Now how 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 would you define the way and what it is you cook? Um, it's been a long
3: progression, um, and we're still changing very much as, as we go, as a, as a restaurant, um, as a team of chefs. I've been very lucky to have, uh, uh the chefs that work with me now have been there pretty much since the start and we've just grown and, um, learned together uh, and we're still changing now, but it's, it's very much, uh, seasonal, um,
2: seasonal uh
3: produce driven. Like the more we've we've been there the, the luckily we have been with with local producers and learning what's around us and g- having great connections with, with people growing and people making things around us and, and trying to create food that is as simple as possible really and put on the plate to enjoy um yeah, i pretty much plant plant based uh, at the moment. We we have very little meat and fish on the menu, which I, I think is a really nice position to be in. And moving forward, I think we're yeah we're going even even less meat and fish on the menu, which which I really enjoy. Now you you noted that um, um, Eleven Madison
0: Park opened as a vegan restaurant when they reopened
3: yes yes i've just uh well not just a uh, yeah last last week saw the news of that which is um yeah very exciting i don't know how people were uh, taking the news over there
0: they're they're paying the the tasting menu price has not changed it's still 330 us dollars right
1: well it'll be probably the same in pounds in london yes yeah yeah. yeah. yes yeah. We, uh, we, we, no, we were actually we were actually at that restaurant before before Eleven Madison Park took over when when Simon Rogan was still cooking there.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ate. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it was called now. Uh,
0: <laughs> <place on> the <laughs> you, know
1: you know what? I can't either. It was. Uh, it was Rogan uh, it was
0: Rogan. something like that.
1: No, we were yeah. in the place where Gordon Ramsay used to be. Yeah, yes. I can't remember what it was called either.
0: Um, oh, no, changes, changes. I was <laughs> now, very lucky to, now, to Rob, the, you have um, some really interesting um, recipes in here. I mean, you say it's simple, but, I mean, it's not simplistic. I mean, you have re- really sophisticated flavor combinations, and, and uh, you express influences from a, a number of different places.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. I've tried to. It, 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 it's not your everyday cookbook in the sense of, um, as in, it, I think there's an array. I've tried to create a book for for everyone um, from from the chef. I've spent well ever since I was young, and I've been buying cookbooks since I was 15 now, uh, and I'm sat here in my house with with shelves full full of them. And through my career, I've used them massively to influence my my cooking and taking from cookbooks so when i when i was approached and asked to write a cookbook i I very much wanted to write something that well that put everything that i've learned on, on the on the on the pages but also wanted to create something that that made that anyone could pick up and cook from so i think there is an array of of styles of of technique in there from more basic dishes like the, the the grilled courgette with the the lentils, to maybe the more kind of chef technique um, dishes like the the donut like with the carrot jam kind of thing, and it it is a, a log of basically the last three four years of um, of root being open um, of kind of yeah where where what we, there's dishes from day one to dishes of three years later, and it kind of shows everything in between which. Which is yeah a, a big selection of of dishes, which is nice. All right. Well, the, I mean the, the
0: ingredients and the preparations, the technique is all very exciting, and you do things with veggies that I wouldn't even expect. Like <laughs> I'm absolutely mesmerized by your Hasselback
3: parsnips. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, that was a no. We tried – fish Elton who who owns uh a few restaurants in bristol now and i was lucky enough to work with and still do um so i worked at the podium trap which was one of bristol's michelin star restaurants nice. um and, and held a michelin star for uh, nine years i think um and i was lucky enough to work there and, and head chef with him and, and he had the idea of opening this vegetable restaurant um so I kind of took it and, and we've just grown and I wanted to do something that, that was different but also in, interesting and, and innovative enough to get people's attention but also at the end of the day just be tasty um, and we, I think we caught the movement just at the right time in the sense of everyone is looking towards more of a plant-based diet now and we hit, hit it at that time where it, it was kind of due. Uh, and I've been able to have three years of kind of learning, learning how to cook these vegetables, and um, well, catalog- yeah. I just heard another
0: restaurant, thing. another Michelin star restaurant in the states, is reopening after the pandemic. Single Thread in, on the West Coast uh, yeah. as, as a um, meatless restaurant. Mm. So I mean I that that has to be where I guess diners are at this point, right? Yeah, I, I
3: feel I feel like it will it will it, it is it is changing for sure. Um, Bristol is um, a very uh, forward uh, thinking, I'd say, quite um, yeah, a city. And I think if the I don't know if it always gets called the vegan capital of I don't know if that's true, but that it, we were we opened in the best pace possible to be able to do this. But I think now the rest of the country is coming towards the same the same thoughts and eating more more plant-based and and obviously with Eleven Madison and these restaurants you speak of doing it um, I think it it, it will a lot of more restaurants will be doing it
1: how how do do you handle if you like the off-season I mean let let me let me preface that by saying one of the things that we adore and you undoubtedly also desire, desire are Jersey Royal potatoes no, oh, I love yeah. Jersey Royals. The, the, the Jersey raw yeah. potatoes only 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 have a season of about three weeks. Now, so well, that well, opens the, the, up the issue. How how do you put a vegetarian menu on the men- on the menu fifty two weeks a year, twelve months of the year? Um so it is um we're coming to the as in, it, it is brilliant
3: for, for a chef and, and to be in the kitchen to, to make the most of these seasons. Like right now, we have the Jersey Royals on. And it's such a joy to use these products and this produce when it's peak in season. And the menu writes itself. Like now, asparagus, um, we, we, we took it off the menu last week because you, you can watch the seasons come. You, you watch the vegetables at the start. Sometimes they're a bit tough. They're a bit hard and and, and then they peak, and then they drop again, and, and it writes the menu where the food is is, is telling you what, what to cook, and asparagus is out, now we go on to tomatoes, the tomatoes are a little bit early, but there are cherry tomatoes around now that we can use, and we're working with these producers that tell us what, what's coming from the local farms, we're, we've got spring onions, rocket, chard, all of these um, vegetables coming now, and and we just try and use whatever's around us. Uh, it's not the easiest, but it, it still makes you think on your feet. And I think that's why we're, we're always creating new dishes. And maybe that's why it's exciting for we're still popular is because we're, we always have to um, think on our feet because these producers are telling us to put whatever's on the menu kind of thing. It definitely is a little bit harder in winter when when the vegetables are a bit more sparse um and we get pretty sick of of sweets and <laughs> sweets and carrots and celeriac but we
0: we still make yeah, it yeah you that's as an interesting way. recipe your celeriac recipe Um yeah, you know one definitely. thing I, I want to mention to um our listeners is um it, you better have a good larder because your ingredient lists uh, are pretty long for, for the cooking is simple um, and the uh, technique is mas- a- able to be mastered. But you do have an awful lot of ingredients, so you must have a very good lauder to be able to execute these recipes.
1: Um,
3: yeah, I think
1: that there are some
3: dishes that have um, more like the celeriac dish where we've kind of made this, um, we've kind of changed it slightly now. We we, we did like a Korean-style sauce with the... Um, yeah, we
0: actually do have gocho with whatever it is in the refrigerator
1: yeah <laughs> but I'm a very, not the I,
0: typical
3: um you know cook home cook no no definitely but I also feel like all the uh, ingredients that we do use are well I don't know about but over over here now we're very lucky that, that the supermarkets have started to stock this massive array of you can buy your mirrors, your, your different soy sauces your sesame. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you can even buy little pots of like seaweed flakes now in the supermarket.
1: Even in, we have like, a
0: jar that somebody sent us. I, yeah. I actually, I had I had a um, a desperate call from a chef friend of ours, and uh, he said I, I'm going to do the seaweed infused butter, and right. my shipment of seaweed didn't come in time, and I need it right now. And yeah. he said, "Do you have any?" And
3: I said, "Yes." <laughs> so I gave him two sacks of it. <laughs> nice, yeah. And obviously, <laughs> it, it, like you said, it's not. It might not be everyone's. and Everyone might not have the ingredients out there, but I think it is. But also, with with the book, it it is it, it is meant to in what well, I'd love it to inspire people to maybe go out, like, take a day, like really, like go to the shops, go. Pick up produce, and some new things, and 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 try and and see what you can do with these vegetables, and and hopefully people will be um, excited and, and enjoy a new experience in something that they might never thought of the thought to have cooked before, um, which is so we, yeah. We hopefully, had,
1: was was Rob was Rob's the book where you said this sauce so, there's a sausage food recipe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And we, what, what, what's what's our friend's name, Jeremy, who's who's now cooking at Cloverdes?
0: Oh yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy um, Lee.
1: Yes. Yeah. He served us. He served a sausages when he was at the Design Restaurant.
3: Yes.
1: Um, yeah. No, there's a sausages. I've tried
3: to kind of use um pretty well pretty much everything really vegetable wise um, that's around in the UK. Um, and around us. Um, and, yeah, there is a salsify recipe in there because it, it's not something you come across every day, but it is a really delicious vegetable that is that is grown locally around here. And um, it's, it's kind of... A, there's a lot of vegetables from the markets around here, even in the supermarkets now, where my mum kind of said to me, like, oh, I've, I've seen that in the supermarket, but I never would have known what to do with it kind of thing. The same with, like, the celeriac. As in my mom said, I've seen it. And and my was problem surprised. with celeriac, celeriac is I can never cut it. <laughs> okay, exactly. well, yeah, no, they, there is that point. But hopefully inspiring these people to maybe pick up something they never would have before. And these vegetables are, like, delicious, and they sometimes look bizarre and funny, but, um, yeah, like the kohlrabi. Um, loads
0: yeah, of I food, mean, I've not had good luck with kohlrabi. I don't know. Um, what yeah, my do son says
1: roast it we need we need help with kohlrabi the stems are the stems are so hard you can't chew them
0: <laughs> yes yeah,
1: so we at the moment
3: it's not in the cookbook but at the moment one of my favorite dishes on on our menu is is kohlrabi uh, we we grill them um until the skins have completely blackened um and then you you kind of let it sit and cling from it and steam out you then take off the blackened skin and we slice it up very finely like a like a ceviche, we cut like kind of like a carpaccio and then we dress it with 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 ginger chilies um and orange like blood orange in like when it's in season um mm. spring onions, and it is the most uh, everyone raves about it and I think with rue and people coming to the restaurant they enjoy it because almost they weren't expecting to enjoy the food as much as they do. Um, when you go out for a meal, you, you look forward to a steak. You look forward to
0: eating not me. <laughs> <like> <laughs> lobster I think steak yeah. is boring. It, every it,
3: every chew tastes the same.
1: <laughs>
3: but I think most you, you don't sit at home and go. Well, I can't wait to go eat a beetroot tonight. But I think with Ruth, <laughs> we're, we're doing something. We're doing something different, and it is. It, we're trying to make it a bit more exciting and and a bit different. It's not the classic vegetarian um oh there's a risotto and some some mushroom pasta or something yeah. <laughs> so that was our um, that was our plan all along and it's kind of gone quite well so far which is fantastic
0: well you know we should mention though that you also have um some recipes for um meat and fish and um and, and you certainly have um and you do use cheese so it's not um a vegan cookbook and uh and 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 you have a lot of desserts. In fact, some really classic desserts. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm looking right now at your pavlova recipe, which doesn't look at all like the pavlova recipe I got when we lived in Australia. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, but no, we as we like we said, it's not we're not a solely vegetarian restaurant we we do serve meat and fish and that's kind of the point um as in we have got more popular for our our vegetable dishes and that's what people come to eat i think but we we always have a bit of fish or meat on the menu um and i tried to showcase some of the dishes where like i said throughout my career i i've always cooked uh, i've worked at seafood restaurants um i'd say three of the best seafood restaurants in the uk um throughout my career i was lucky to have that that knowledge and, and then i went to the pony and trap where we cooked ev- everything every meat every bit of offal uh of every animal um so I've, I've tried to kind of take a selection of of recipes that are a little bit different in that sense as well you've got the sweetbreads and um yeah, just... Oh,
0: wait, the sweetbreads, I wanted... This, Peter's loves sweetbreads, and it's one, of the, it's one of the few dishes that I can't cook. I mean, I, they always come out hard as a rock. But you, you
3: did something unusual with your sweetbreads. I'm trying to remember what it is in here. Yes, yeah, the um, we've actually got them on the menu uh, right now because one of my chefs... Uh, it was a dish from a long time ago when we first opened, um, and my chefs had, came... One of my chefs came and ate before starting working here, and he said, we have to do it. So um, we put it back on the menu with a uh, uh, maple and marmite. Oh, that's it.
1: Hang on, I have a little marmite in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you, you he loves bread. marmite. Yeah,
3: I think it's <laughs> the yeah, most I, I, disgusting I thing.
0: But he hates peanut butter too. So <laughs> well, uh, but, no, you, I, I, yeah, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention before we wrap the interview that um, the the illustrations are just lovely, and and the photography is outstanding.
3: Yeah, I was lucky. I was very lucky when when it came to kind of designing the cookbook. Um, the team that I worked with were, were so nice and, and kind of when when they sat me down, it was very much literally this is my vision. As in, it's a total dream come true. Uh, and to use so the illustrations are all done by a by a school friend of mine. Uh, we grew up together. Oh, great! Um, and we, yeah, I went to the same school, and we we kind of came back and. He's not actually, his profession isn't, he's a very talented man, and he can do many things, but it's not his number one thing um, to illustrate, but he's, he does all the artwork in the in the restaurant as well, and, and oh, when I was doing a cookbook, I, I, I said to the publishers, would it be, can I get my friend to do it, and they were more than happy to get them him done. That oh, about does it
0: this week, and uh, we invite you all out there to come back uh, next week, for more
1: dishing. same time same introduce. time same place who knows who knows what those two will be up to next week yeah. you'll have to tune in to find out so there and until then bye bye.
3: He, um, yeah, pretty bizarre yeah, but that was um,
1: yeah. Did he ever, did he ever get thrown in or did what, what what happened? What to the statue? Yeah, to the statue. What, what, yeah, he, no, it got
3: it got dragged dragged across the 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 centre of Bristol. Um, yeah, literally right through the centre, and uh, yeah, thrown into the um, thrown into the harbour side. Um, <laughs> it did get retrieved. It
1: did. Yeah, um, it, it
3: got retrieved the next day by uh, a council. Uh, but no, it very much went went straight into the water
1: for sure. <laughs> now you've got you, you've got a somewhat unusual building for your restaurant, as I understand, yeah, as no. I understand it. Yes, yeah, so we are in
3: a area of Bristol, just, just, just not far from where. Um, where that statue went into the water actually um, so we have just set back from the the harbour side in in an area called whopping wharf which is a number of shipping containers that have been turned into basically like a little uh community complex kind of village um there's a there's a load of flats there there's a, there's like a high street built and um it's all new and it's just growing more and more and there's there's such a great array of from hairdressers to 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 wine shops to cook sh- uh, cookbooks, um, sorry, book bookshops, along with hairdressers, um, and, and then like a, a, a large number of um, restaurants as well. We are one of those lucky restaurants to be there, which is very nice.
1: Now, how 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 would you define the way and what it is you cook? Um, it's been a long progression, um,
3: and we're still changing very much as, as we go, as a, as a restaurant, um, as a team of chefs. I've been very lucky to have, uh, uh, the chefs that work with me now have been there pretty much since the start and we've just grown and, um, learned together uh, and we're still changing now, but it's, it's very much, uh, seasonal, um, seasonal. Uh, Produce-driven. Like the more we've we've been there, the, the luckily we have been with with local producers and learning what's around us, and g- having great connections with with people growing and people making things around us, and, and trying to create food that is as simple as possible, really, and put on the plates enjoy joy. Um, yeah, i pretty much plant plant based uh, at the moment. We we have very little meat and fish on the menu, which I, I think is a really nice position to be in. And moving forward, I think we're yeah we're going even even less meat and fish on the menu, which which I really enjoy. Now you
0: you noted that um, Eleven Madison Park opened as a
3: vegan restaurant when they reopened yes yes i've just uh well not just a uh, yeah last last week saw the news of that which is um yeah very exciting i don't know how people were uh, taking the news over there they're they're paying
0: the the tasting menu price has not changed it's still 330 us dollars right
1: Well, it'll be probably the same in pounds in london though. yes yeah yeah yes. yeah we, we, uh, we, we, no, we were actually we were actually like at that restaurant before before Eleven Madison Park took over when when Simon Rogan was still cooking there.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ate. Uh, um, I can't remember what it was called now.
1: Uh, I I was was you know what? I can't either. It was uh, Rogan Rogan,
0: well, was
1: know, was something like that. No, we were yeah. in the place like, where Gordon Ramsay used to be. Yeah, yes, I can't yes. remember what it was called either.
0: Um, oh, no, changes, changes.
3: I was no, very lucky
0: to, no, to Rob, the, you have uh, some really interesting um, recipes in here. I mean, you say it's simple, but, I mean, it's not simplistic. I mean, you have re- really sophisticated flavor combinations, and, and uh, you express influences from a, a number of different places.
2: Yeah,
3: um, yeah. I've tried to. It, 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 it's not your everyday cookbook in the sense of, um, as in, it, I think there's an array. I've tried to create a book for for everyone um, from from the chef. I've spent well ever since I was young, and I've been buying cookbooks since I was 15 now, uh, and I'm sat here in my house with with shelves full full of them. And through my career, I've used them massively to influence my my cooking and taking from cookbooks so when i when i was approached and asked to write a cookbook i I very much wanted to write something that well that put everything that i've learned on, on the on the on the pages but also wanted to create something that that made that anyone could pick up and cook from so i think there is an array of of styles of of technique in there from more basic dishes like the, the the grilled courgette with the the lentils to maybe the more kind of chef technique um dishes like the, the donut like with the carrot jam kind of thing and it, it is a, a log of basically the last three four years of um of root being open um of kind of yeah where where what we, there's dishes from day one to dishes of three years later and it kind of shows everything in between which. Which is, yeah, a, a big selection of, of dishes, which is nice.
0: Right. Well, the, I mean, the, the ingredients and the preparations, the technique, it's all very exciting. And you do things with veggies that I wouldn't even expect. Like, <laughs> I'm absolutely mesmerized by your hassle back parsnips.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a. You no, know, we tried. Hilton, who who owns uh, a few restaurants in Bristol now, and I was lucky enough to work with and still do, um, so I worked at the Podium Trap, which was one of Bristol's Michelin star restaurants,
0: nice.
3: um, and, and held a Michelin star for uh, nine years, I think. Um, and I was lucky enough to work there and, and head chef with him, and, and he had the idea of opening this vegetable restaurant,
2: Um
3: so I kind of took it and, and we've just grown and I wanted to do something that, that was different but also in, interesting and, and innovative enough to get people's attention but also at the end of the day just be tasty um, and we, I think we caught the movement just at the right time in the sense of everyone is looking towards more of a plant-based diet now and we hit, hit it at that time where it, it was kind of new. Uh, and I've been able to have three years of kind of learning, learning how to cook these vegetables, and um, well, yeah. I just uh, heard another
0: restaurant, thing. another Michelin star restaurant in the states, is reopening after the pandemic. Single Thread in, on the West Coast uh, yeah. as, as a um, meatless restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I mean I that that has to be where I guess diners
3: are at this point, right? Yeah, I, I feel I feel like it will it will it, it is it is changing for sure. Um, Bristol is um, a very uh, forward uh, thinking, I'd say, quite um, yeah, a city. And I think if the I don't know if it always gets called the vegan capital of I don't know if that's true, but that it we were we opened in the best pace possible to be able to do this. But I think now the rest of the country is coming towards the same the same thoughts and eating more more plant-based and, and obviously with 11 madison and these restaurants who speak of doing it um i think it, it, it will a lot of more restaurants will be doing it
1: yeah now, how, how do how do you mm. handle the if you like the off season i mean let, let me let me preface that by saying one of the things that we adore and you undoubtedly also deser, desire, desire jersey royal potatoes no, oh, I love yeah. Jersey Royals. The Jersey Royals yeah. said I only, only only have a season of about three weeks. Now, so well, that opens uh, up the issue: how how do you put a vegetarian menu on the menu on the menu fifty two weeks a year, twelve months a year? Um, so it is. Um,
3: we're coming to the as in, it, it is brilliant for, for a chef and, and to be in the kitchen to, to make the most of these seasons. Like right now, we have the Jersey boils on. And it, it's such a joy to use these products and this produce when it's peak in season. And the menu rights itself, like now asparagus, um, we, we we took it off the menu last week because you, you can watch the seasons come. You, you watch the vegetables at the start. Sometimes they're a bit tough. They're a bit hard and, and and then they peak, and then they drop again, and and it writes the menu where the food is is, is telling you what what to cook, and asparagus is out, now we go on to tomatoes, the tomatoes are a little bit early, but there are cherry tomatoes around now that we can use, and we're working with these producers that tell us what's coming from the local farms, we've got spring onions, rocket, chard, all of these um, vegetables coming now, and and we just try and use whatever's around us. That it's not the easiest, but it, it still makes you think on your feet. And I think that's why we're, we're always creating new dishes. And maybe that's why it's exciting for we're still popular is because we're, we always have to um, think on our feet because these producers are telling us to put whatever's on the menu kind of thing. It definitely is a little bit harder in winter when when the vegetables are a bit more sparse. Um, and we get pretty sick of, of sweets and, <laughs> sweet and carrots and celeriac, But we we still make yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's it an interesting make... recipe, your celeriac recipe. Um, yeah, you know, one thing a... I, I want to mention to um, our listeners is um, it, you better have a good larder because your ingredient lists uh, are pretty long. For, for, the cooking is simple. Um, and the uh, technique is mas a- able to be mastered, but you do have an awful lot of ingredients, so you must have a very good larder to be
3: able to execute these recipes um yeah i think that there are some dishes that have um, more like the salariaic dish where we've kind of made this um we've kind of changed it slightly now we we, we did like a korean style sauce with the um
0: yeah we we actually do have gochujang with whatever it is in the refrigerator yeah <laughs> but I'm a very, not the I, typical um you know
3: cook home cook no no definitely but I also feel like all of these the, the ingredients that we do use are well I don't know about but over over here now we're very lucky that, that the supermarkets have started to stock this massive array of you can buy your mirrors, your, your different soy sauces your sesame. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You can even buy little pots of like seaweed flakes now in the supermarket. Even in, we have like, a
0: jar that somebody sent us. Uh, yeah, uh, actually,
3: well,
0: I had I had a um, a desperate call from a chef friend of ours, and uh, he said i I'm going to do the seaweed infused butter, and right. my shipment of seaweed didn't come in time, and I need it right now. And yeah. he said, do you have any? And I said, yes.
3: <laughs> so I gave him two sacks of it. <laughs> nice, yeah. And obviously, <laughs> it, it, like you said, it's not... It might not be everyone's. and Everyone might not have the ingredients out there, but I think it is. But also with with the book, it is is it it is meant to... in. Well, I'd love it to inspire people to maybe go out, like, take a day, like really, like, go to the shops, go pick up produce and some new things and 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 try and and see what you can do with these vegetables and and hopefully people will be um, excited and in enjoy a new experience in something that they might never thought of the thought to have cooked before um, which is so yeah hopefully had,
1: was, was Rob was Rob's the book where you said this sauce so, 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 there's a of food recipe yeah
0: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yes. And we what, what, what's what's our friend's name jeremy who's who's now cooking at clove artist. oh yeah jeremy jeremy um, Lee. yes yeah he served us he served a salsa when he was at the design restaurant yes. um, Yeah. no there's a salsa i've tried to kind of use
3: um pretty well pretty much everything really vegetable wise um that's around in the uk um, and around us, um, and yeah, there is a salsify recipe in there because it 's not something you come across every day, but it is a really delicious vegetable that is that is grown locally around here and um it's, it's kind of there 's a lot of vegetables from the markets around here, even in the supermarkets now where uh, my mum kind of said to me, like, oh, I've seen that in the supermarket, but I never would have known what to do with it kind of thing. The same with, like, the celeriac, as in my mum said, I've seen it. See, my and was problem
0: surprised. with Celeric, celeriac is
3: I can never cut it. <laughs> can it yeah, exactly. well, yeah, no, they, there is that point. But hopefully inspiring these people to maybe pick up something they never would have before. And These vegetables are, like, delicious, and they sometimes look bizarre and funny, but, um yeah, like the kohlrabi. Um, yeah, yeah i mean
0: i've not had good luck with kohlrabi i don't know um what yeah, my need, son says roast it we need
1: we need help with kohlrabi the stems are the stems are so hard you can't chew them yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we at the moment it's not in the cookbook
3: but at the moment one of my favorite dishes on on our menu is is kohlrabi uh we we grill them um until the skins have completely blackened um, and then you you kind of let it sit and cling from it and steam out. you then take off the blackened skin and we slice it up very finely like a like a ceviche We cut it like kind of like carpaccio and then we dress it with 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 ginger chilies um and orange like blood orange in like when it 's in season um, mm. spring onions and it is the most uh, everyone raves about it and I think with root and people coming to the restaurant they enjoy it because almost they weren't expecting to enjoy the food as much as they do. Um, When you go out for a meal, you you look forward to a steak, you look forward to eating... Not me. (laughs) Lobster.
0: I think steak is boring. Every every chew tastes (laughs) the
3: same. (laughs) But I think mostly you you don't sit at home and go, I can't wait to go eat a beetroot tonight. But I think with (laughs) Ruth... We're, we're doing something. We're doing something different, and it is. It, we're trying to make it a bit more exciting and and a bit different. It's not the classic vegetarian. Um, oh, there's a risotto and some some mushroom pasta or something. <laughs> so that was our um, That was our plan all along, and it's kind of gone quite well so far, which is fantastic. Well, you
0: know, we should mention though, that you also have um, some recipes for um, meat and fish. And um, and and you certainly have um, and you do use cheese, so it's not um, a vegan cookbook. And uh, and 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 you have a lot of desserts. In fact, some really classic desserts. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah well, I mean, I'm looking right now at your pavlova recipe, which doesn't look at all like the pavlova recipe I got when we lived in Australia. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, but. No, we as in we like we said, it's not we're not a solely vegetarian restaurant. We we do serve meat and fish, and that's kind of the point. Um, as in, we have got more popular for our, for our vegetable dishes, and that's what people come to eat, I think. But we we always have a bit of fish or meat on the menu, um, and I try to showcase some of the dishes. Where, th- th- like I said, throughout my career, I've I've always cooked. Uh, I've worked at seafood restaurants. Um, I'd say three of the best seafood restaurants in the UK. Um, throughout my career, I was lucky to have that that knowledge, and, and then I went to the pony and trap where we cooked ev- everything, every meat, every bit of offal off uh, of every animal. Um, so I've, I've tried to kind of ha- take a selection of of recipes that are a little bit different in that sense as well. You've got the sweetbreads and. Um, yeah. just Oh wait,
0: the sweetbreads. I wanted. This, Peter's loves sweetbreads, and it's one of the it's one of the few dishes that I can't cook. I mean, I, they always come out hard as a rock. But you you did something unusual with your sweetbreads. I'm trying to remember what it is
3: in here. Yes, yeah, the um, we've actually got them on the menu uh, right now because one of my chefs. Uh, it was a dish from a long time ago when we first opened, um, and my chefs came. One of my chefs came and ate before starting working here, and he said we have to do it. So um, we put it back on the menu with a uh, uh, maple and marmite secret.
1: Hang on, have a little marmite in there. <laughs> yeah, so, so you
0: you You loves bread. marmite.
1: Yeah,
0: I think <laughs> I know, it's the most I disgusting thing. But he hates peanut butter too. Well, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention before we wrap the interview that um, the the illustrations are just lovely, and and the photography is outstanding
3: yeah i was lucky i was very lucky when when it came to kind of designing the cookbook um the team that i worked with were, were so nice and, and kind of when when they sat me down it was very much literally this is my vision as in it's a total dream come true uh, and to use so the illustrations are all done by a by a school friend of mine uh we grew up together oh um, great and we, yeah i went to the same school and we we kind of came back and He's not actually, his profession isn't, he's a very talented man, and he can do many things, but it's not his number one thing, um, to illustrate. But he, he's, he does all the artwork in the, in the restaurant as well. And, and oh, when I was doing a cookbook, I, 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 said to the publishers, would it be, can I get my friend to do it? And they were more than happy to get them, him done. Oh, it-